Part One Everglades Wild Guide by Jean Craighead George. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Everglades Wild Guide Handbook 143 by Jean Craighead George. Part One the natural history of everglades national park florida produced by the division of publications national park service u s department of the interior washington d c nineteen eighty eight about this book here is the story of the plants and animals of the everglades this country's subtropical kingdom plants and animals found nowhere else in the fifty states are found here in abundance, though in an increasingly perilous state. In this handbook, first published in 1972, author and researcher Jean Craighead George brings to the telling of this story long years of study and understanding. Checklists and glossaries at the back buttress her account of the natural history of this national park. National Park Handbooks compact introductions to the great natural and historic places administered by the national park service are published to support the national park services management programs at the parks and to promote understanding and enjoyment of the parks each is intended to be informative reading and a useful guide before during and after a park visit more than one hundred titles are in print this is handbook one hundred and forty three you may purchase the handbooks through the mail by writing to superintendent of documents u s government printing office washington d c two zero four zero two preface the shimmering waters of the everglades creep silently down the tip of florida under warm subtropical skies in a vast shallow sheet this lazy river idles through tall grasses and shadowy forests, easing over alligator holes and under bird rookeries, finally mingling with the salty waters of Florida Bay and the Gulf of Mexico in the mangrove swamps. From source to sea, all across the shallow breadth of this watery landscape, life abounds. Everglades National Park is to most Americans an Eden where birds, mammals reptiles and orchids find sanctuary sunshine sparkles on sloughs teeming with fish and on marshes where wildflowers bloom the year around it shines on tree islands where birds roost and deer bed down in this semi-tropical garden of plant and animal communities every breeze touched glade every cluster of trees is a separate world in which are tucked yet smaller worlds of such complexity that even ecologists have not learned all their intricate relationships this book has been written to help you see how the many pieces of this ecological puzzle fit together to form a complex ever-changing closely woven web of plants animals rock soil sun water and air america's subtropical wonderland Everglades may not be our largest national park. That honor belongs to Wrangell St. Elias in Alaska, but it is certainly the wettest. 
during and after the rainy season when not only the mangrove swamp but also the sawgrass prairie is under water most of the park abounds in fish and other water life and even the white-tailed deer leads a semi-aquatic existence despite the fact that it is low flat and largely under water everglades is a park of many environments shallow key-dotted florida bay the coastal prairie the vast mangrove forest and its mysterious waterways cypress swamps the true everglades an extensive freshwater marsh dotted with tree islands and occasional ponds and the driest zone the pine and hammock rockland the watery expanse we call everglades from which the park gets its name lies only partly within the park boundaries originally this river flowed unobstructed though very slowly southward from lake okeechobee more than one hundred miles to florida bay it is hardly recognizable as a river for it is fifty miles wide and averages only about six inches deep and it creeps rather than flows its source the area around lake okeechobee is only about fifteen feet above sea level and the riverbed slopes southward only two or three inches to the mile as you can see by the maps on pages two and three the works of man have greatly altered the drainage patterns and the natural valves of south florida and you can imagine how this has affected the supply of water the park's lifeblood the park's array of plants and animals is a blend of tropical species most of which made their way across the water from the caribbean islands and species from the temperate zone which embraces all of florida all of these inhabitants exist here through adaptation to the region's peculiar cycles of flood drought and fire and by virtue of subtle variations in temperature altitude and soil the horizontal distance represented on this diagram from the pineland to florida bay is fifteen miles with a greatly exaggerated vertical scale the difference between the greatest elevation of the pine ridge and the bottom of the florida bay marl bed is only fourteen feet florida bay saltwater mudbank key coastal prairie mangrove swamp brackish buttonwood levee tree island glades freshwater bayhead cypresshead willowhead hardwood hammock pine and hammock ridge underlying the entire park is porous limestone which was deposited ages ago in warm seas that covered the southern part of today's florida peninsula over this limestone only a thin mantle of marl and peat provides soil for rooting plants some of the park's ecosystems are extremely complex for example a single jungle hammock of a dozen acres may contain along with giant live oaks and other plants from the temperate zone many kinds of tropical hardwood trees a profusion of vines mosses ferns orchids and air plants and a great variety of vertebrate and invertebrate animals from tree snails to the white-tailed deer pine rockland 
entering the park from the northeast you are on a road traversing the pineland and hammock ridge this elevated part of the south florida limestone bedrock which at the park entrance is about six feet above sea level is the driest zone in the park pine trees which will grow only on ground that remains above water most of the year thrive on this rockland there is another condition essential to the survival of the pine forest in this region fire we usually think of fire as the enemy of forest vegetation but that is not true here the pines that grow in this part of florida have a natural resistance to fire their thick corky bark insulates their trunks from the flames and strangely enough the fire actually seems to help with pine reproduction it destroys competing vegetation and exposes the mineral soil seedlings need if there has been a good cone crop you will find an abundant growth of pine seedlings after a fire in the pinelands what would happen if the pinelands were protected from fire examine a pine forest where there have been no recent fires you will note that there are many small hardwood broad-leaved trees growing in the shade of the pines these hardwoods would eventually shade out the light demanding pine seedlings and take over as the old pines died off but under normal conditions lightning caused fires sweep at fairly frequent intervals through the pineland since the hardwoods have little resistance to fire they are pruned back before this century fires burned vast areas the only barriers were natural waterways sloughs lakes and ponds and estuaries which retained some water during the rainless season when the rest of the glades and pinelands dried up old-timers say that sometimes a fire would travel all the way from lake okeechobee to the coastal prairie of cape sable in the pine forest any area bypassed by these fires for a lengthy period developed into a jungle-like island of hardwoods we call such stands hammocks whether they develop in the pine forest or in the open glades on the limestone ridge the hammocks support a community of plants and animals strikingly different from the surrounding pine forests illustration pine and hammock ridge elevation three to seven feet above sea level sawgrass glades pineland hardwood hammock pineland one south florida slash pine two saw palmetto three punti four saw palmetto after fire with the opening up of south florida for farming and industry man's works particularly roads and canals soon crisscrossed the region forming barriers to the spread of the fires suppression of fire by farmers lumbermen and park managers also lessened their effect thus the hardwoods which previously had been held back by fire tended to replace the pines and although the park was established to preserve a patch of primitive subtropical america as it was in earlier centuries the landscape began to change continued protection of the park from fire would in time eliminate the pineland a plant community 
that has little chance to survive elsewhere so in everglades national park smoky bear must take a back seat park rangers deliberately set fires to help nature maintain the natural scene thus as you drive down the road to flamingo do not be shocked to discover park rangers burning the vegetation the fires are controlled of course and the existing hammocks are not destroyed when you visit the park take a close look at the pinelands community notice as you walk on the man-made trail through the pine forest that the ground on either side of you is extremely rough the limestone bedrock is visible everywhere what soil there is has accumulated in the pits and potholes that riddle the bedrock the trees shrubs grasses and other plants are rooted in these pockets of soil the limestone looks rather hazardous to walk on and it is you must be careful not to break through a thin shell of rock covering a cavity this pitted honeycombed condition is due to the fact that the limestone is easily dissolved by acids decaying pine needles palmetto leaves and other dead plant materials produce weak acids that continually eat away at the rock if a fire has passed through the pineland recently you may notice that while most of the low-growing plants have been killed some such as the saw palmetto are sending up new green shoots the thick stubby stem of the palmetto lies in a pothole with its roots in the soil that has accumulated there even in the dry season the pocket in the limestone remains damp for water is never very far below the surface in this region when fire kills the top of the plant the stem and roots survive and the palmetto like the pine remains a part of the plant community a number of other plants of the southern florida pinelands have adapted to the conditions of periodic burning Kunti, a cycad from the underground stems of which the indians made flour and moon vine a morning glory are among many you will see surviving pineland fires severe enough to result in the death or stunting of the hardwood seedlings and saplings sometimes we forget that fire like water wind and sunlight is a natural force that operates with the others to influence the evolution of plants as well as to shape the landscape the pineland like other plant communities has its own community of animals some of its residents such as the cotton mouse opossum and raccoon are found in other communities of the park too some of the pineland animals however pine warbler reef gecko and five-lined skink for example are particularly adapted to this environment these lovers of sunlight are dependent like the pine forest on the occasional natural or man-made fires that hold back the hardwood trees the pine rockland is quite different from the other plant and animal communities you will see as you drive through the park it is the only ecosystem you can explore on foot in any season other parts of the park are largely flooded during the wet season elevated boardwalks have been provided in some of these areas 
to enable you to penetrate them a short distance from the road as you will see fire plays an important role in some of the other everglades communities too end of part one